Welcome to the Commercial Property Investor Show. If you ever wanted to get into commercial property but don't know how to, this is the show for you. We're going to take you through live market updates, how to put a deal together, what the experts say about commercial property and real life investor journeys and how they became financially free through commercial property. Sit back, relax and enjoy the show. Pitfalls and mistakes in commercial property. In every commercial property transaction, there is some pitfalls and there's mistakes. And if you didn't do the due diligence properly, you had unconditional contracts, or that you simply bought it because it looked good on paper, you might have some of these things that trip you up afterwards. So listen to this. This is going to be a three-part series on pitfalls and mistakes in commercial property. Now, the things I'm going to cover, the first one is about set and forget properties. Set and forget on the face of it looks really straightforward. looks like a property that you would just buy, get the cash flow, and then forget about it. And it continues to, the cash flow continues to come in year in, year out. You get the rental increases, more money in your pocket, the tenants renew the lease, and off you go. But there are ways that this could go wrong. Number one is the tenant could do a runner or that you could have bought at the wrong returns. The, the lease may not be secure. Uh, there might be instances where there is previously promised incentives that you weren't notified and you found out afterwards. Or there may be some capital costs on maintenance, right? There's, there's lots and lots of things that can go wrong and there's strategies to minimize it and what you can do. This is what this podcast is about. It's going to take you through set and forget and the pitfalls and mistakes and things you should watch out for when you're buying set and forget. Following on from this, number two, we're going to talk about uplift, the kind of mistakes people can make in uplifts and the kind of pitfalls to avoid in uplift. And then afterwards, we're going to talk a little bit about compliance issues, legal issues and other things that people do run into or what happens when they buy the property, use the different people to manage it or the wrong people to manage it and the on-flowing effects of it. So commercial property sailing is not always that smooth but with the right advice, the right people behind you and knowing what to look for is really going to get you to financial success and a great commercial property purchase. So listen to this podcast and let me share with you what I look for in a commercial property deal. So this is about commercial property mistakes, pitfalls, and I guess disasters in some ways. We're going to talk a little bit about what to look for when you buy commercial properties, right? And I'm going to start off with the first one where we're going to talk about the three major things that you need to look out for when you're buying set and forget property. So the three mistakes and pitfalls people fall into when they buy set and forget type of properties, right? And the second one, I'm going to talk about uplift, the biggest mistakes people make when they buy uplift properties, right? And because what I find is when people buy uplift properties, typically they forget a few things or they have very good wishful thinking. And what happens with that is they end up paying more or they don't get the returns on the other side, they can't flip it. Right, so that's number two, and it's a video on its own. And then finally, I want to show you what happens when you don't do your due diligence, things come back and bite you in the ass, or when you do the takeover period, or when you do your own stuff, a takeover period, it isn't effectively managed, and then, of course, ultimately, you have lots of lots of things that you have to fix up. So, lots to cover. Make sure you join me for all three parts. All, right, all three parts. Three parts. <laughs> all three parts. Uh, so, video today video next Tuesday and the one after as so I can cover off all for you what it is. So let's get started. Number one, set and forget properties. And one thing that people do is they buy the wrong yield in the wrong area, wrong yield in the wrong area. And I know during the pandemic that we have seen some crazy, crazy yield. We've seen places like this Gold Coast go to four and a half percent, right? 
Four and a half percent. We've seen the Sunshine Coast compress in two years from seven percent to five and a half and keep going down. Now they're probably at five or early fives, right? We've also seen areas like a Mackay, like a Gladstone, go to seven percent when they're traditionally a nine percent, and we've seen Rockhampton go to a six percent, right? I've seen industrial. Yes, they're industrial. Yes, you can't buy industrial potentially in Gold Coast or Sunshine Coast at you know, at six percent during the pandemic, but does that mean you pay six or six point three percent in somewhere like Rockhampton? My answer is, if you're my client, no. But obviously, also people have bought, and if they have, they really need to rethink that that strategy because what happened is now, when the market corrects itself in regional, it corrects a lot harder. And for most people who are their first time investors, their first time investors, they actually don't have a clue what happens to regional properties when it corrects itself. They think that it happens like metro properties. Once it corrects itself, uh, you know, it will take a hit, kind of like residential, go down when the interest rates plateaus or when the market picks itself back up and there's confidence. The yield will go down again, the, or the value will go up again, and everybody is happy. That does not happen in regional. When things correct itself in regional, it goes sideways for a long time. It goes sideways, and it means that then the market actually goes back up and sideways. So a 6% yielding property in Rocky will correct itself back to 7 or maybe 7.5%, and it could stay there for literally 5 years, 10 years, right? Because before it started going down, an area like Rockhampton traditionally was a 9% town and had been 9% town for decades. And that's what you got to watch out for, right? Yes, it will correct itself. Maybe Rockhampton will never be a 9% town, but it may get back to 75 may get back to 8%. But what does that mean? It means that if you have bought in a 65 you're going to be in negative territory and negative equity for a while to come. And that means that you literally cannot buy again and your cash flow is probably going to be negative for a long time and the fact that you're actually stuck in that property just like if you bought in a mining town for a long time right so that is the pitfall right so make sure you're buying the correct yield in the correct market and even if you're thinking that I can't get this type of property that I want, like an industrial for six percent or industrial for you know seven percent in the area I want change the type of property you buy, right? Buy a retail instead, buy an office space instead. And you may end up with a higher, uh, a property with a higher yield because it's not the favorite at the moment. So the favorite is obviously industrial, but if you're not buying industrial at the moment, you could potentially get a higher yield of different type of properties. Again, this is all part of expert advice as well. So that is that. But the thing is, if it did come back on contract price at the time and you didn't know better and it was your first property and the yield was low, and it came back on time and contract price, literally, there's nothing much you can do about it except to ride the waves, right? Now you just, you've already settled, you've got to ride the waves, do the best you can. And so be it, right? Now, if you've done that, uh, look, the only thing you can do is I can potentially look at some upsides for you, see if we can get some more rents, and if that can happen, we can probably change to bring the value back up and get you into the next property or for you to actually sell it to get into a better, more secure property back in Metro. So that's the remedy. Number two thing you need to look at is people often look at a property and they don't check out all of the 
information about break leases, incentives, um, any obligations that the vendor has uh, that they had and that passed on to you as the new purchaser. So incentives are usually paid out as settlement. Sometimes incentives are not paid out in settlement because it was missed and all that um, vendors have said up front, and this happens in metro properties, no, I'm not going to pay you out the incentive. And you got to account for that in terms of your return as well. What are all the rent-free periods and, and things like that. But not only that, sometimes there's buried incentives or break lease clauses and you think maybe that won't happen. Maybe there won't be a break lease clause. Maybe the tenant, because it's an NDIS government or a um, or a government-funded tenant or potentially a um, or even a very big organisation, there will be no break lease happening. But let me tell you, it does happen. It happens to medical, it happens to government-funded properties, and tenants and it happens to large corporations right they make a decision I've had properties where um, I used to have rivers in Singleton they made a decision corporate wise that they were going to come out of regional and they basically I had I had a five-year lease they pulled the lease and offered us a three months compensation which for us we fought on that but that's another story for another time but so that this way at least you know that these things can happen, right? And you've got to make sure you get risk money for that, right? If you don't get risk money for that, you're an idiot. Um, or the fact that you haven't accounted for it means that you actually get a bit of a suffering in the background, right? Because that means that you get some lost rent. And also, if that was that break lease clause, one of the things I do is make sure I put money aside to make sure I can retenant that property. And that money aside may be three months, six months plus outgoings and for me and plus marketing so that I you get the next tenant so I'll put that aside when I get the property and hopefully if I bought the property or if the property's on the market for say six percent then I would probably hopefully get it for six and a half percent that allows me to put money aside in case that happens if it doesn't happen great if it happens then at least I'm covered for it so that's definitely something to keep in mind when you're looking at incentives and things that do uh, a break lease clauses because these things do happen and you've got to have a contingency plan a risk is only a risk when you don't have a contingency plan when you have a contingency plan it no longer becomes risk it becomes manageable and it's important to have managed risks because all investments carry risks but managed risks it becomes more important and it becomes easier to get to get into the next deal because you've got a plan in place so I mean those are just a few things to look out for and you know just one of a few things to look out for when you're looking at commercial properties you know you've got the yield as well as the cash flow but like I keep on saying especially in markets that change really really fast uh, yield is not the only thing to chase if you chase it and you make a three-dimensional this is where things starts to become problematic and this is where things start to become uh, where you overpaying or for the property right everyone don't care if they're underpaid but they don't want to overpay right so that's number one thing the other thing to follow on for set and forget is really your lease terms break lease clauses and anything to do with the leases right you're buying the property with a lease with a tenant in there so obviously from time to time you're going to have issues with the tenant it's not always a given that your tenant is going to perform afterwards right and if your tenants don't perform afterwards then that's it's kind of like well luck of the draw right some tenant will go bust within three months two years five years depending on how long your lease is right there's not much else you can do about it however one of the things that you can 
think about is that what can you do with this property to safeguard it, right? So there's layers and layers of safeguarding and risk, right? If you bought a property that is really um, maybe slightly too large, so let's just say that you bought the property and it has a potentially, you know, 400 square metres or 600 square metres and really it's too hard to rent out on its own and you have to be realistic about this. When you're doing DD, you've got to make sure that you've got a strategy in place, right? Do you break that up? into smaller properties regardless of whether it's warehouse or office space or retail do you break that up into smaller properties or do you uh, try to rent them out as a whole or do you then sell it to owner occupiers what is your back-end strategy right and this is something you've got to think about as well so that is the most important thing is that most people trip up because they don't know what happens when they break when the lease breaks and the tenant lease and it does happen right break lease causes people think that does not happen or break leave causes people think that uh, there's very low chance of it happening does happen and it can sometimes be purely that the signs were on the wall and so when you did an inspection let's say you went and did an inspection and uh, you didn't find the people were there or that during COVID there were, the place the big was too big you always got to look at your exit strategies and what do you have in place right and that's really 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 important and we look at that as part of our DD but that's one of the mistakes people do is they get a large warehouse retail office space they get it with a tenant the tenant goes bust or something happens to the tenant and then they just want to tenant as is you can't tenant as is you got to spend some money whether that for some people might be 20 30,000 for some people that's 200k but if you don't send the money eventually your vacancies will end up eating up the money anyway so let's just not worry about it let's go and spend the money up front and get it done right so and get the tenant in and then you can start recuperating some of those costs as well so that's the number two mistake that people make is that they don't have a contingency plan um, they gloss over the break lease clauses uh, if I saw a break lease clause I'll certainly be asking for a higher yield for my risk money uh, and I'll be putting some money aside to work out how long it will take for me to retain it, right? These are some of the things, strategies you work on during your due diligence period as well. And number three, the third thing that people stuff up on, on set and forget properties is that they purely focus on that they want a location or the particular tenant or the particular type of property, right? And that can actually trip them up because... Sometimes you're not as flexible when you go, I just want a medical tenant and because I think it's secure. I want a childcare tenant. I want a, um, let's just say, I want a trade tenant. But the, the property becomes so stuck with that tenancy that they, once that tenant moves out, they literally cannot repurpose it and it stays vacant for a long time now i had a good example i had a property today i did an inspection this morning right and it was interesting it used to be a vet the vet moved out and they've been trying to sell it since january last year now we're in august the following year right so this property has been on the market vacant for 18 months if you're the owner of that property then you've got to think well i will either try to lease it up um, or I need to do some capital works to sell it or I'm going to sell it to an owner occupier for a cheap price because I'm just not going to be ready to, to put in the works right and someone would have paid a heavy price for to buy a vet because they think the vets are forever but vets can move out too right and they probably thought the vet was going to renew their their options and when they didn't they've now ended up with a year's vacancy or more right so don't get so specific with your properties to the point where 
Yes, you get so fixated by the type of tenant that you want because you think they're going to get security, but ultimately they move out and you end up with literally no security, right? Uh, whereas you have a bit of flexibility in the type of property that you get. So it could be a vet today. It could be a childcare tomorrow. It could be a dentist. could be a spa. could be any of those things uh, to, to tomorrow, today, someone else. That kind of flexibility is actually more of a safeguard for you. Right, then being really specific with your tendencies. So really, those are the three things that uh, that people stuff up on on your set and forget type of properties. So remember those three. Number one, rent is too high, and they've bought at a lower lower yield, and they in areas where they shouldn't have. So when the market rents itself, their property should have no value, and it's negative equity, and they go sideways. Right. Number two they buy with a property that has break lease clauses or incentives or anything in the property they didn't do their sufficient due diligence when it happens they don't know how to repurpose the property they didn't have any backup plans for it and what ends up happening is that they leave it vacant for a long time right and it can't be retenanted and then thirdly they buy property that they specifically wanted that type of tenant a trade tenant a, a specifically trade tenant a, a, a retail tenant or you know a big brand name tenant mcdonald's is very hard to purpose repurpose right so is like a drive-through coffee place if you don't actually have other things behind it right if you look at you know your typical drive-throughs become a maccas or kfc and they're great backup so if you've got something that is a drive-through that you can convert to them that's great or if they have other components added to it is great or add itself as a retail it's very hard to repurpose childcare is very hard to repurpose even vets and large medical centers very hard to repurpose right but you get so entrenched that's what you want when the tenant actually leaves becomes much harder so that's the third thing so watch out for those three things as you're looking for set and forget properties and again if you want to know what are the pitfalls on specific properties specific tenants drop me a line or you know Reach out to me, HelenTarrant.com, Unicorn Commercial Property. My email's below. Don't forget to order my book because it's got heaps of these strategies plus what to look out for, what to do, what not to do. Because ultimately, it's all about finding the right properties but having a backup strategy for your long-term goals just in case something happens. Because we know in life, never does anything actually works out exactly how you plan because if they did we wouldn't have had the pandemic or the gfc right or, or the it right interest rate rises so these things happen so what happens next is you've got to make sure you have contingency plans and you watch out for those three things tune in for my next video where i'm going to talk about uplift properties and the pitfalls that people have with uplift properties following that on with with another video on compliance and people who stuffed up in you know the takeover of the property and then the compliance issues and what comes back to bite them afterwards all right in the meantime reach out to us get on a strategy session join one of our boot camps whatever you do get educated because it's really important to, to ensure the security and the safety of your commercial property investment until next time bye for now Well, I hope you enjoyed that. That showed you three major things to look for in the pitfalls and mistakes in set and forget properties. There's obviously also lots of variant things that could happen, that could go wrong, that could trip you up, and that could be unforeseeable. Sometimes freak of nature things happen that are really, really secure ironclad 
tenant goes bust sometimes a property just had no issues nothing got picked up at during due diligence and all of a sudden have a broken air conditioner or the or the i've seen ceilings cave in because it was heavy rain and that wasn't picked up or the impestant building didn't see there was rusting on the roof three years later you got a 30 to fifty thousand dollar um, uh, issue right these things do happen we can't every investment have risk right the, but the main thing is to avoid them so you're going to learn a lot keep learning talk to the experts invest in education invest in working the experts know what you don't know and go and seek those answers which is why you're here with the podcast tune in for the next episode when i'm going to talk about pitfalls and mistakes you can make in uplift projects and how you can avoid them if you need help or you're already in a pickle and you really want someone to help you out through to, to troubleshoot through a current property or you're really looking f- to someone to give you a more smooth transaction reach out to me helentarrant.com unicorn commercial property and let's do it together you've been listening to commercial property investor show tune in to the next episode to find out how you too can replace your work income with passive income through commercial property